But but uh, my dad is one of those. Uh, if you got a ninety nine, where's the other point? What happened to the other point? Yeah, you know, like Persian. Oh yeah. And and my wife is not quite like that, but she was also like really really studious, and everything had to be like. You know, she she was a really good student, so she expects a lot. I guess. Is that what drew you to her? Hmm? Was that partly? I don't think so. That definitely wouldn't be a standard I'd be able to meet. <laughs> um, I was not very studious. Okay. So here I'm very studious. Uh, it's very disheartening when you say very studious. Why? Because you look up to you as like the paradigm of knowledge. So how did you obtain it all if you were studious? I was reading everything else except what I was supposed to do for class. Yeah, when he says I wasn't studious, he means I didn't care about In graduate school, they'd be like, why are you reading that book? That's not the book we're supposed to be doing for the class. Yeah, he's I'm saying like, the classroom wasn't intellectually stimulating. Einstein also said that. I would be able to, the only two things I was good at in school was writing papers and taking tests. But everything in between, like I don't remember doing homework even one time. I'm sure I must have, but I don't remember. It wasn't a regular occurrence. You know? So you acquired your first knowledge reading whatever you were hands on? Even like my first year of high school, I spent my time like only doing Limurei Kodesh and I didn't really focus on my Limurei Chol at all. So, and that kind of continued up until, um, I don't know, now. <laughs> I, I always was kind of like, did what I needed to to satisfy like to satisfy the requirements of courses, and I got pretty far in my education. Like almost had a doctorate. Do you have a genuine curiosity to know? Yeah, I'm interested in actual knowledge. Like, why? Because you want to know. Yeah, but why? You're gonna let me. You're gonna let me. <laughs> knowledge is good, but I mean, knowledge is also the thing. But. Knowing the type of stuff they teach in the school is not necessarily really that valuable. I mean, it's valuable to pass the test and to get a good grade in something. If it was a subject that was really teaching me something of substance, that's a different story. Some classes I had were good. Where do you learn your, your sciences, physics, or physics? Mostly my own reading. Like, I had to take, I took, like, up through calculus in school, in math, and uh, I took physics. I took, like, all, well, yeah, physics in school. Only like in undergraduate, like, uh, so most of what I what I most of what I know I, I got from outside reading. I think in most of the time, just reading. They just without someone teaching it to you. Uh, in those areas, it's like once you have a foundation of how to approach your subject, you can usually approach it independently and and get a lot, and then if you get stuck on something, you turn to someone who knows more, and they're able to help you through the difficult spots, I guess. Speaking of which, did Rabbi Sack you? Not yet. I'm very disappointed. No, it sometimes takes him a day or two, I guess, but he might be traveling or something. Um, he'll eventually will. Okay. So we have Daryavish, who this is not the Daryavish uh, of later, there are two Daryavishes. Uh, there was the Daryavish of uh, after uh, after Koresh, and there's this one, okay? Meaning after Achashverosh, rather, and this one. Kabel malchuta kibar shenin shitin betartin. 
So he, uh, he, he became the king when he was 62. Shefar Kodam Dayavesh, Vakem al Malchuta, Lachashtar Penayam, Abesrim, Delehevon Bechot Malchuta. And he had basically 120 officers who were over the entire kingdom. So he delegated the power. Was this Josiah's son? No. No. Different kingdom. Yeah, it's a different kingdom because that was oh, the prophecy that Belshazzar was going to lose the kingdom and the Persian, uh, the, the Madai and Baras are going to take over. So that's what happens. He took over the skipping, obviously, sometime. But it doesn't tell you the story yeah. of how it happens. It just says that he took I mean, you can read the history of the period and say yeah. that. That's, are we assuming that, that he's the one who killed Belshazzar? Or like no, he died in the night. Doesn't Josiah die? That's it. Did he? Yeah, he died. Not specifically that he was killed. It doesn't necessarily mean that they killed him. Just died and then we fast forward to the Dayavish. Uh, <clears throat> no connection between the last. Assuming in this. What? Thing seems pretty abrupt. No. But yeah, I mean, it could be that he was either assassinated or he just died. But I, it wasn't connected to. It wasn't directly connected to like a takeover of the kingdom. It doesn't seem that probably happened afterwards. Maybe there was instability because of his death and. And, and then they were conquered. But it's not like all of a sudden that night, uh, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, his, uh, he, he was cap, he was conquered by the, uh, by, by Dayavish that same night. It just means that either he died or was killed by some, uh, you know, some assassination occurred or whatever. We don't know. Um, I think the assumption is he was assassinated, but not that it was conquered. And they had three, so they had 120 governors, and above them were three chiefs. So Daniel is like, uh, continues from regime to regime. He's like one of the, it's, it's like the Israeli government now. Like there's the same people, different positions. Like intelligence. Yeah, intelligence same people, different positions. They just keep, uh, keep going. Up. So, so Daniel doesn't own the what? He doesn't own a third of the kingdom? I guess not. Uh, I guess not. Died, so. Yeah, that was only a deal of Belshazzar who didn't even live 24 hours after while, that. While he was alive. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. He didn't have like... He probably got to keep the gold <clears throat> barb and the, and the neck. Yeah, he probably got to keep the gold chain. He's obviously still a, a very prized... See, in, based on the way that, that he's treated, you can tell the nature of that particular king. Meaning... The fact that Belshazzar didn't even know who he was and never heard of him really, or, or you know, shows you that he had no interest. Daryavesh appoints him to this high position, so obviously he was known as this very skilled advisor. And as we're proceeding forward, obviously now Daniel's much older. This has to be decades after Nebuchadnezzar already, because in between Nebuchadnezzar and and uh, and uh, Belshazzar was uh, was Abil Merodach, wasn't? Well, he was before uh, uh, Belshazzar, right? Right. Before Belshazzar or after? Before right, so he was in between Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar. So even though it's called father, it means like your grandfather. So in, in the, uh, so a lot of time has already passed. Decades have passed. He's an older man now already. And now he's like a respected advisor in, in Daryavish. So you see Daryavish, already that's an indication for the fact that it tells you that Daryavish appointed him to be one of the top uh, uh, you know, governors of the kingdom that he was, they valued him. And the point was that these three people 
were intended, you know, were supposed to oversee the uh, 120 governors to make sure that they didn't do anything that would cause harm to the king. So they were like the closest, closest circle of cabinet, like the cabinet of, of the king as opposed to the uh, officers. Uh, so Daniel was clearly stronger than and more influential, more powerful than any of these other officers. And uh, because he had this extra Ruach Elohim, and the king wanted to put him on the top. And basically, instead of having these three advisors, this board of three, he wanted to make him the number, the one and only. Like a one-man show, because he was so good. So it's a little bit reminiscent, again, of the Yosef story, where you're talking about um, you know, people who probably were vying for some kind of position of greater influence to edge out the other ones, and he was clearly winning the competition against everyone else. I'm sure. Daniel, he has to be. He had to be, I would think. So in this play, in this story, the role of the brothers of Yosef is played by the other, the, the co-workers of Daniel. They want to find some justification to get rid of him. They need to get rid of him. But they couldn't find any corruption, any way to frame him for anything bad because he never did anything bad. So there was nothing they could catch him on. Right? You couldn't find any bad thing about Daniel. So there was no way for them to entrap him in some kind of a crime or misdeed. Or, yeah, and there's all kinds of stories. There's stories about, there's a story about the Abarbanel, that they were very jealous of the high position he had and they tried to catch him and some, you know, make up some kind of a story to frame him. There's story, all kinds of stories like that about influential Jews, that the people who resented them tried to frame them or, you know, get them into trouble to remove them from the position. Right, if you're, if you're truly uncorruptible because you're, you're principled and you're not going to succumb to any kind of a, an influence or persuasion to do evil, so then you don't really have to worry but, about that kind of thing. Uh, there could still be people out to get you, but it'll be harder. Yeah. If you hand them an easy victory by... Also, stick. Usually. Right. If you... If you're a... a it, usually that's true. I mean, usually that's true. I don't know if it's always true. Usually it's true. But in... in uh, Definitely living by the principles of Tuan, being an ethical, moral person, is going to lessen the possibility that, uh, that anybody would be able to, ca- would entrap you in some kind of a, like, I don't know if you remember, um, this is unfortunate, but uh, if you remember the story of, like, Jared Kushner's dad, you know, that he, he basically, it's a long story, but he had done some non-kosher business dealings and he, his own brother-in-law was like basically turning him into the authorities and so in order to uh in order to stop that from happening he sent a woman to seduce his own brother-in-law like married to his sister and get it on video and then like basically blackmailed him and that's why he went to jail he tried it on another guy another from guy who also was like had dirt on him 
and the guy didn't succumb to it. He was like Yosef Atzadik. He didn't he didn't give in. So like that guy came out clean. The other guy like gave into the temptation, and then there was the blackmail against yeah. him. So that's an example, but you know, that's uh, that's the way it goes. It sticks to him. It's just that people don't care. Yeah, either they deny it or they downplay it. And they're like, yeah, it's true that he has no morals, but uh, he has good policies. And according to Ariel, he's a, he's a great, it's, it's all an act. He's actually really a genius. I think there is also some dumb. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't genius. call him a genius. Genius is not the right genius. word. It's genius in different things. There's different aspects of genius. I think he's, 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 not, a, he's, not, he's not an intellectual genius. He's I a think, narcissist? Why? Yeah. He's also he's also a very good entertainer. Sometimes on purpose. Sometimes, and sometimes on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the genius is that was not a jungle. He knows how to hire the right men for the jobs. Sometimes, sometimes. sometimes. Really, there also, there also is, sort of a good politician. There's a game theory in that also, meaning there's. I don't think he's as calculated as you think. I think he's more calculated than you think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. 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 In the beginning. He wouldn't have spoke the way he spoke when he was running against Biden. He's an idiot. He ran the same campaign. He's an idiot. He ran the same exact campaign. He's not perfect. He messed up. He messed up. In the beginning. He has nothing on the show. He's just spitballs. He's not a politician. He doesn't lie straight out. Oh, I thought they were looking at us because they were praying. No. I'm not an advocate. Let's, yeah. let's get that. No, in, 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 well, I'm trying to what I'm saying. No, it's not, it's, it's, in the beginning, I really thought, oh, this is just an act, and he really knows what he's doing, and it's just all for show, but then the more he talked, and the more he mishandled, like, almost every single situation related to, like, his own PR, and his own, you know, the, the more I realized, like, he just runs, he just keeps talking, he just keeps talking, and all kind of, like, Stupidity comes out, out and like he doesn't he doesn't even know how to. Ronald McConnell was like laying the groundwork for the whole court system. Don't forget that that also happened. Right, that happened because the Republicans were in power. Had nothing to do with Trump directly. He was able to take all the attention to some. Okay, you could say that, but I'm not sure how calculated it was. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. Maybe some aspects were, and some are. Maybe we could agree with that. He swinged the Supreme Court another way under his presidency. The Supreme Court basically changed under his presidency. Look, he did. A, he implemented a lot of things that were good. I'm not sure how much of that was because of Trump and how much of it was in spite of him. Do you think it was coincidental sure. that all of a sudden, six months after Trump became president? We literally didn't hear ISIS in there? No, of course. He's scared people. Like you said, when there's so a crazy man in charge, it's scary. I'm also afraid of Kim Jong-un. That doesn't mean he's good. I'm saying there's That's game theory. good in a way also. There's, there's, there's game theory involved. You don't want to mess with the guy who's the crazy guy with the... the, the right, but the like, difference is that like... On a personal level, I also wouldn't want to interact <laughs> with him because I would because there's a... The, I mean, it has a, to be believable. In order right, to he's not a he's not like a Nehman person. Nobody's saying he's a good guy. Yeah. So, so the genius anyway. in him is the ability to take insane amount of risk yeah. without worrying about the. He doesn't care. The right. He doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that's a genius. That's hard to do because that means you have to have, you have to be a complete narcissist. But he, that's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's a complete it's narcissist. This is only being yeah, bossy and being a genius. No, but that's part of the that's part of the genius. Meaning, me, me and you can't do that. 
we have, to, we have too much to lose in our own minds because our image needs something to us. Or because Some might our sense He's right because his sense of his own image as being, of being great is so absolute that it cannot be changed. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what anybody says about him, he's still going to think he's great. So right. it's, and, and you're a loser. So it doesn't matter. Right. Well, he does. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, so the... Uh, yes. So the, uh, he had some good quotes, like the one, the one word sad. That was good. Yeah. Um, in any case, so, the, uh, uh, so they're looking for some kind of dirt on, uh, on Daniel. They can't find it. So they said, We're not going to be able to find, we haven't found anything on Daniel that we can spin negatively to try to get him out of this position. So we'll try to do something with his religion. We'll try to, we'll try to make, basically the point is that when somebody, he was so committed to his, own, to his principles, his religious and ethical principles, the only way we're going to be able to get him in trouble is if somehow we make his religion the problem. Oh, nothing to do with him. No, right, meaning, meaning if, so, right, something, something he abides by according to his, his principles, which now would be considered good or fine or acceptable, but we're going to have to make it that it changed the rules. That's Basically, change the rules of the game right. so that he becomes bad. He, does, he has a son, he's going to violate the law. Right? Essentially, that's what they try to do, something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so, so that, and, and it's interesting because the Ralph Bagh actually says that Daniel may be. Maybe this is a, there's an implicit critique of Daniel that he, like Yosef, kind of, you know, allowed the jealousy in the other, in his co-workers to fester. He doesn't say how that would be, where you see that, but, you know, he says maybe part of the, part of what the lesson here is that even where you're in a position that you're succeeding and you could easily say that I've earned my success and therefore people should recognize me for my success and it make, and it's only fair that they do and it's only right that they do, still there can be resentment and jealousy there no matter how justified your, the elevation, you know, your elevated position is and there will be people out to get you. And, and like I said, this is like, this is the real idea of Ayn Hara, not the mystical idea of Ayn Hara. We had a shiur on it in Bensi's house like a million years ago Right? That I, and, and I said to the people, and, and I, you know, at that sure, I, I believe in Ayn Hara more than anyone. Because to me, Ayn Hara is not a magical force. It's a, it's a psychological force. It exists. And you can, ca- you can stoke the Ayn Hara on yourself in a lot of different ways without even realizing it. And you don't know what's festering underneath the surface and will come out at the most inopportune time. When you're basically vulnerable, those people who have it against you, have something against you, it's going to burst forth uh, whatever has been simmering underneath the surface for a long time, that jealousy or resentment or whatever it is. And that's why he talks about like Yosef didn't have Ayn Hara because he was, meaning when he was in Mitzrayim, because everything he did was only for the good of Egypt. He didn't have any personal, uh, he didn't seek any personal aggrandizement or enrichment in his service to Egypt. And so the people, even as they sold themselves as slaves to Yosef, and they're like, thank you, you're the best, we love, we love... You saved us. You made us your slave because that's how they felt. They felt he was saving them because it seemed all the shame shemai, and and that's shame, right. right the shame the good of the people right. Mm-hmm. So that's that type of a person. Even when they uh, you know even when they have they wield power or they seem superior, people don't resent them because they they don't seem to be in it for themselves at all. They seem to be in it for the really for the good of the nation, the community, God, whatever. Um, 
And, but maybe Daniel had an aspect that wasn't exactly like that, and therefore he invited upon himself Ayn Harab, basically. Which thought, what is, better than Ral Bag says, I'm just saying. Yeah, but, but, but the, it doesn't show it in the text. The that are, that are but the co workers. It's yeah. the two people that want the person that he gets. Right. Or maybe some of the other lower people, that I'm not sure. If it's just those two. Because it says the Achashtar Panaya also. Right. So, like, there was a general. Because you also have to keep in mind that, like Yosef, Daniel's fundamentally an outsider. Yeah. He might be someone who's been in government for a Seven long time, like right, for, for decades, but under different, different regimes, but he's not a member of this community. He's been elevated above them, even though he's a Jew, and they are whatever they are, Bavlim, now... You think uh, no matter what a Jew does, he's always going to be as a Jew? Well, he's a, tr- he's he's a not, committed... He's a billion or... He, well, I mean, he's a committed Jew. He's not just like a hidden Jew. He's not just a person that has the last name uh, Goldstein. Goldstein. Yeah. He's a fully, uh, you know, committed Jew, and they know it. So he's, he's not... The, Jew, the Jewish person who never fully integrates into the society because they stay true to the principles of their Judaism is always going to be seen to some extent as distinct. Yeah, I think that's always going to be true. So what did they do? So... The, uh, these uh, officers and uh, governors, so they, uh, they went to the, uh, they, already? I thought we just, I thought we just had prayed. It's like every two hours. It's double. It's Neila now, I guess. Uh, that was Neila before, this is, this is Arvi. Uh, yeah. So, uh, anyway, they gathered with the, together with the king. This is what they said. This is Daryavish, the king, live forever. You should, the king should live forever. Ityatu kol sarche malchuta. Ityatu means that they've come together to give some advice. Um, they've come up with this uh, advice that signaya vachashtar penaya, all of the uh, officials of the kingdom, hadavraya upachavata, lekayama kiyam malka, uletakafa esar. Anybody, we've decided to make a rule for the kingdom in order to solidify allegiance to your majesty, right? That for the next 30 days, nobody will be allowed to request or supplicate before any god or any person. Other than, the, other than you, the king, for 30 days. We want to pass a law like that. Now, of course, this law is designed to target Daniel, but it's not obvious, right? Similar to uh, many of the political, uh, political tricks, let's say, that Haman does. Let's make a rule that... Uh, we're gonna make, let's make a rule that all Jews have to be killed. Really, it's because of Mordechai offending. Let's make a rule that all Jews need to be killed for not observing the laws of the king, even though it's really just to be for the Mordechai. Or let's make a rule that every woman has to listen to her husband. We're not going to say that Vashti has to listen to her husband because that's, you know, all women have to listen to their husband and speak the language of their husband because that, that's the only way to uh, target, you know, act the actual target in the story. So uh, anytime you make a, gen- a, a general enough uh, principle, it sort of waters down what the real, the real intent is. And I said, let's just make a bl- blanket rule to glorify the king. 
Ke'an Malka, Tekim Esoravet, Yershum Ketavaso, you king, you have to establish this rule and write it. Tila Lahashnaya Kedat Madeu Paras, Tila Tede, that cannot be changed because the laws of Paraso Madai cannot be changed, as we learned from the Megillah Tester. Any decree that's passed can't be changed. That was their idiotic, idiotic rule of their. This is we, this we was know we know that from we got this there, but it's actually here. Yeah. This, this yeah. No, no, I know what I'm saying. We were familiar with it. Kol kavil dina malkad daryavish v'sham kitava. That's also based on that he did it. So daryavish, that sounds like a good idea. Glorifying me is a great idea. Let's. Do it. <laughs> daryavish doesn't seem like that big of an idiot. They presented it to him in a, in a very subversive way. Yeah, they're smart. Right. They realized he liked Daniel, obviously. Right. He's not going to target Daniel as an individual. Right. So, only thing he likes more is, is, is his own couple. He doesn't think about it because it's, <laughs> whenever you tell somebody they like something they like to hear, as we said earlier, they're much more willing to listen to it. Tell them, oh, we want to do this just to glorify you. Oh, well, that sounds like a great idea. You know, so he's not thinking through the implications no about Daniel. Any other for thirty days, we just want everyone to have to show their allegiance to you. And he's like, "Oh, that's a great idea." He doesn't think about the implications of that for Daniel. He's not thinking about Daniel. Yeah. And they also said all of the officers and all of the governors and all of the leaders have gotten together and agreed. He doesn't know Daniel didn't agree, right? They're claiming that this is like the, the best. The, the best way to try to get people to listen to a new idea is saying, a lot of people have been Everyone saying this. Yeah. Everyone has been saying it. Yeah. We should really do this. Right? And then people start to listen. So that's what they're saying. Everyone says it. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so he writes it. Daniel kedi yeda So when he found out about this, uh, with, about this rule, <clears throat> he didn't care. <laughs> What happened? Oh, everyone's saying it, yeah. A lot of people have been saying it. And, and by the way, and by the way, and, 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 and by the way, Trump does that all the time too. People tell me all the time that I am the best president. Um, a lot of people say it. A lot of people say it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, it's a very typical thing for people to say that are you know that don't actually have anyone else who agrees with them, or maybe one person said that you're a great president. A lot of people have been saying. Yeah. Right. Anyway, he once he knew about it, he went to his house. He opened the windows in his upper chamber, facing the kotel, facing the kotel, obviously, right? Yeah, the kotel actually didn't exist back then because that was made later. Yeah. So what was what was the point of what was the point of uh, yeah what what was he, yeah, was he facing he then? What was the holy place then? I don't get it. How how would you have a world without a hotel? <laughs> I actually thought the hotel was actually the piece that holds the earth together. Like if you take it out, the earth will open up because it's the center of the earth, the the, the, the and that's actually the piece that's like Holding it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, China's on the other side. China. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, 
Um, yeah, so he was, so he would, and this is where we get the idea that a Bet Knesset should have windows facing, that should have windows, and, and, uh, oh, from from here, from here, yeah, that the windows facing Yerushalayim. Yeah, that's, uh, actually, you know, the Rambam, but the Rambam has a tshuva that, uh, I saw in one of his tshuvot that he said that that's only talking about in a house, it's not talking about in a synagogue. Oh, you don't need windows? It's brought in the Shulchan Aruch, it's about a synagogue. And then the, and then the, uh, and then the Zohar says, like, how many you need? And 12, 12, 12 windows. Uh, but the Rambam actually said in one of his chuvot, which, you know, the same chuvot, like the collection of chuvot that I mentioned the other day, but with that mentions the Rabbeinu Tam. So the, that same collection of chuvot, he mentions that that idea of having open windows is only in a private home, because it was Daniel was doing that, because it was in a private home. But if you're in a Bet Knesset, that already connects you to the idea of, the, of Am Yisrael and Yerushalayim. Because the idea of connecting to Yerushalayim is that your individual tefillah some way has to connect to Am Yisrael's relationship with God. You're not an individual. When you approach God, you approach God as a member of Am Yisrael, not just as an individual. That's the idea of being in a minyan. So when you're, in, when you're praying b'yachid, so it's important to have that connection and to, to sort of like uh, uh, enhance and emphasize that connection by opening the window towards Yerushalayim. He says to open the window. Yeah. So just like the way right. right, but in the... Uh, it, but in a Bet Knesset, you don't need the windows facing, uh, facing Yerushalayim because it's, you already have the feeling of community from the fact that you have a minyan. So technically, and according to the Rambam, you wouldn't need it in a Bet Knesset. So the Shari Rachami is just Rambam's in it. That's all. You so said you're okay? I don't want to give that much credit It was, it was, it, was uh, it could have been accidental, but it was Hashkach HaPratit. They knew that, actually. Yeah. So three times a day he would bow on his knees, and he would uh, pray and give thanks before his God. Like he would always do before then. And this pasuk is quoted all the time also to show, show that they had three tefillot. That even back then they had three tefillot. They had three tefillot even back then. Meaning that it was already established by the time of Daniel that when exactly it was originally instituted, it could be a debate, but it was definitely, uh, it definitely existed in the times of Daniel that he had a custom of three times a day. Uh, uh, so this group of guys get together, Daniel, and they catch Daniel red-handed praying to God when he's not supposed to be. And they find him praying and supplicating before God. So they approached and they said before the king regarding the prohibition made by the king. Hello, Esar Rishamta, Rishamta, you you established a a rule. You you inscribed the rule. That any person who makes a request supplicates before any god or person up to thirty days. Except for you. He's going to be th- they like throwing people. It's like a, throw a person in as kipshan esh. Throw a person in a. Nobody just wants to kill somebody. Like the good old fashioned killing. They don't do that. Yeah. Right. No good old fashioned killing. It's like either throw them in fire, throw them in uh, lion's den. Yeah. They don't want to get. They don't want to get dirty. It wasn't us that did it. It was the they did bow on their knees. Shlomo Melech also bow on his knees. It says that Shlomo got up Mikiroa al Birkav. So why would they bow on their knees? Because they 
In the times of the Beit HaMikdash, they had Kriya. Kriya means Alabirkaim, and Hishtachavaya is flat prostration with the flat on the ground. If you look in the Beit HaMikdash book, it shows it in there. It shows the Kohanim flat, like looking like Superman. The Kriya really is on the knees. Kida might be something else. It's a Machloka. Kida is used in different ways. So, like, one interpretation of Kida was going from the standing position directly to, like, the push up position. And landing on the landing on the thumbs or whatever it was like a really hard thing to do, but kriya is landing on the knees. It's just on the knees, bowing down on the knees, and bowing on the floor is uh, just like the Muslims. They first go on the knees and then floor. They do it on the also. Yeah, they do it on the heart, they, but they don't do it to the kotel. So that so we're still okay. Um, so the uh, so anyway, yeah, I think they got it that we had this like the Taimanim. Many Taimanim, and like, especially the Dardaim, like the early, like the, the pure Rambam Taimanim, they, they do prostration on the ground. Yeah. During the, during the, if you read the Rambam, it's hard to read, force a reading into it that it doesn't mean Berkayim on the floor. So it sounds like. Okay, I saw in the Radak, the Radak says in Taylim, bowing the way we do today is not, he describes contemporary bowing that they didn't bow on the floor they just you know lowered their knees and their and and, and uh, flat yeah flat though totally flat on the floor but the Radak describes that even that in his time they didn't do Hishtachavaya or Kriya on, with knees on the floor but it was in a standing position he says in Tehlim I, I, when I was going through it I noticed he said that that's what they did in the Kotel that's what they used to do at the Kotel <laughs> You don't go flat. Usually your I knees are flat. on the floor. Oh. No? I personally do go flat. I thought that's a Shachavim. The Mishtachavim in the Torah means, like if you look at the pictures in the Mikdash books, they were all flat, like they looked like Superman, but on the ground. How do you do that in I've never seen. No, that Shairachamim. They have strange customs over there. I, I thought we just went on. The, no, I'm saying he, Leon is a strange custom. No, I, I, I do go on the floor, but not flat. Are you gonna do it on Why don't you go flat? You'll get arrested, probably. Not anymore. Oh no. Hmm. Why don't you go flat? No, I just never. That's not what I've ever seen done. Yeah, like, I haven't can seen I say that? I've only why, seen the way that we do it. Why? Why do we do it like that? That's it. Because it's a zechah. Yeah, it's not a real zechah. No, but, but, but you don't want to be scared the wrong way. Huh? So we don't want to remember the wrong way. Yeah, I know. I, I don't think it's ever been done in Batekness, and most likely because of space constraints, I would assume. It's not, it's a, I, probably. But I don't think most people even know what real Hishtachavaya is. But the whole idea of Hishtachavaya is that when you hear the Yudke Vavke, that you're, that you're nothing before God. Like you're, you're, you're in the ground. Yeah, like you're, 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 you're flattened. You're not supposed to do Hishtachavaya anymore, but you um, you can't do it on a stone floor. Yeah. Um, you can do bowing to God. Who says you can't bow to God? I think it's because of chashashot of what the uh, what the floor is made of. Maybe there's no what's the isur doing gishachavaya? I'm not sure. Only for God. But I, I don't know if that's... I, I've never heard that it can only be done in the Mikdash. I never heard that. If you find a source, tell me. I don't know. Um, I, what? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, 
I should have paid attention in yeshiva. Or gone. Uh-huh. Okay. So the, so the so let's see. So anybody who anybody is gonna get thrown into the lines. Then Ane Malka, the king answered Yatsiva Milta Kedat Madai I'm sorry, Kedat Madai Ufaras Dila Tede. And he said, true is the word according to, this thing is true according to the laws of Paras and Madai and it can't be changed. Okay? And Bedain Anova Amrin. So then they answered him and said, Kodam Malka. So they haven't told them anyone violated the law yet. They first one said, oh, is it true that, uh, isn't it true that you passed this law that anybody, you know, just to clarify. Uh, I'll make sure. Yeah, I'll make sure. Yes, it's true. Absolutely. Oh, well, in that case, uh, the Jewish guy Daniel he didn't uh, uh, pay attention to your law to the king's law yeah 50 years later 30 years later yeah. that's what I'm saying he was viewed as an outsider he never got out, out, out of it and, 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 and the prohibition that you inscribed he's still praying his prayer three times a day Therefore, the king went, then the king, when he heard this, he was very upset about it. He wanted to try to find a way to, uh, he focused his heart, being tried to figure out some kind of way to uh, save him, to work, at, work around it. Hmm? Yeah, somehow. And until the sun went down, he was trying to find some kind of a legal loophole, some kind of technicality, sounds like probably, because they had laws. So they had like a government of laws. You couldn't just pardon him arbitrarily. That was the thing about Parasu Madai that we see also from Achashvirosh, that they had laws, and the law was above the king to some extent. It was set in stone. Hey, king, you should be aware that we have a rule in Madas and in Paras and Madai that any rule that is that is established by the king cannot be changed. Okay, So the king said, Daniel." Meaning he commanded, and they brought Daniel. Daniel, that the, the God that you pray to regularly, he should save you. I Meaning he really wanted him to be saved. But he had no power to do it. He was, he was sure, his like, hands were tied. Yeah, you know. Exactly. They brought a, uh, a heavy um, rock. They put it at the mouth of the pit. They had to put a seal on it to show that it hadn't been moved, right? And then, and all of the officer seals, that they uh, shouldn't change their mind, I guess. Right, so that, uh, so nobody would change their mind, meaning so nobody would go and like secretly sneak him out of there. So, right, so, and, that night he went to sleep fasting. Bat he went to sleep fasting. Vedachvan lohan el kadamoi, and and they. Uh, was it like a pressure or like a prayer? No, like no food is brought. He used to have yeah, yes. They didn't bring a table before him, 
Or it's, they, that's one interpretation. And sometimes they used to have like entertainment for the king. Some people say it means the entertainment. They didn't have any entertainment. They were like Tisha B'Av. Yeah, he was fasting. Yeah, he was fasting and one entertainment. Vishinte, he didn't have any sleep either. He was up all night worrying about Daniel. You see, he really loved him. Right? Bedain Malka. I heard J.K. Rowling said he was gay. What? I heard J.K. Rowling said he's gay. Who's gay? Are you kidding? It's a joke. Oh. oh, because we were talking last night about that. Yeah. Oh, did I? Bedain Malka? Yeah. Then the king. Uh, he got up when it got light out. He got up in the morning when it was light. He was going to. He, he, he went down to the kotel. He started, oh, sorry, they didn't have a kotel. I forgot. The king arose in the darkness before oh, yeah. dawn. Yeah, before dawn. It means when it was getting light. The morning before it was light. He the first, first opportunity. Yeah. And in, in haste, in, in, in worry, he ran to the, to the uh, lion's den. Um, and uh, when he got there, he cried out to Daniel in a sad voice. Daniel, Daniel, Aved Chaya. Daniel, servant of the living God. Was he able to save you from the uh, from from the light? Right. He believed. Yeah, he believed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Edain Daniel in Malka Malil. Then Daniel spoke to the king. Malka le Almin The king should live forever. Elahi shelach Malachi. My God sent his angel. Usagar pum aryavata belach habeluni. And he he shut up the mouth of the lion. It didn't bite me. Didn't eat me. Kol kavel di kadamoi zachu hishtakachatli. Because uh, before him I was found to be worthy. And even before you, they never did anything wrong. So I, I, because it would be unjust for me to die. He was very, very happy. And he commanded for Daniel to be removed from there. And there was no damage on Daniel at all because he believed in God. That's the same thing of that we saw earlier. Right about the Chananiah Mishael Vazayah, those people who had bad mouthed him, they put them into the lion's den. Just Inun Benehon Unshehon, they put them and their kids and their wives too. Wow, it was a family trip to the zoo, except inside the cage. Yeah, Velo Metola Before they got to the, I guess the pit was down. And I always, yeah, the pictures always show it as like on the side. That's how the rock makes yeah. it seem. No, but it was on top of it, I guess. They rolled it onto it. What's the point of putting a rock on it? So nobody can sneak him out, like a rope pull him out. I always think of it like as like the pictures that they always show in books and stuff like that. The den is dying den is like a, a, a cave. Yeah, yeah. Like a cave. They actually lowered him into it. They really like this, like throwing people into pits thing. It's interesting. Why would they keep it alive in the pit? It was there to it was there it was there to kill people. It's very efficient. Yeah, they keep it. They don't feed it on purpose so that we'll eat the people they throw, and uh, nobody has to be paid much money. They just keep the lions down there. Um, before they got to the floor, the 
lions were already on top of them. And they crushed all their bones. And they at that time, Daryavish wrote to all of the nations and peoples and tongues that live in the world, May your peace be great. For me there should be a rule, that in all of my dominion, everybody should be like trembling and afraid. From before the God of Daniel, He's the living God. He lives forever. And his kingship will never be damaged or like uh, in any way uh, 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 compromised. And his, his, uh, uh, his uh, power is to the end, right? Yeah. He, he redeems and saves. He does signs and wonders. In heavens and earth. Because he saved Daniel from the hand of the lion. Actually more from the mouth. But yeah, and this Daniel atzlach b'malchut daryavesh u'v'malchut koresh parsa'a. So, and this same Daniel was successful in the malchut of daryavesh and also in the malchut of koresh, the Persian, who is next Cyrus. Right. So, what? Of the story. Right. After this, we have the nevuot of Daniel uh, that are weird. Yeah. So. Um, and so we, we we're halfway through the book. So the first half of the book is really the stories. What is the the theme in all these stories? Is like we said, really kiddush Hashem. It's pretty efficient. Yeah. All the kings he gets them to conclude that. The king Except for Well, he, Belshazzar is a, is a worthless guy. Yeah. He, he's not. There's no hope for him. That's why he's immediately eliminated. But is Daniel Yeah, that's a good That was a whole long discussion we had yesterday. Um, it doesn't seem to do anything. It seems like a year ago, but it doesn't. Uh, today's alone. It doesn't seem like he, yeah, he, he has that role. No, he's not a he, The Rambam says he's not a Navi. We talked about it yesterday. We talked about it. You should listen to the recording from yesterday, probably, because we had that whole discussion. But, um, that, but, that, but basically, the answer is seemingly, he had, he, the Rambam says he was on the level called Ruach HaKodesh, which is not a full level of a Navi, but it's a level where the person can have. A, a, a degree of prophetic insight that's lower than a full nivuah. I don't. Uh, he didn't. Well, the thing is, look, we don't know. It doesn't say that. But he doesn't have any. He could. But he doesn't. No, it doesn't say. But he doesn't have any. He doesn't. He's not fully a navi, but he. Really, I don't know why. But in either case, uh, he. he he did, doesn't seem to have any family that we can tell. He seems to be a bachelor. So I don't know whether that is because of any particular reason. I'm not sure. But the, the answer is that what you do see in Daniel, and I think really came to light yesterday in the discussion about the difference between true dreams and prophetic dreams or the experience of prophecy, the Rambam does bring Sukim from Daniel to illustrate what prophecy is. So obviously there's, an, there's a level of prophecy in Ruach HaKodesh even if it's not called prophecy, the person's not called a Navi because they aren't transformed in their entire perspective on the world from their, you know, in the course of their pursuit of the prophetic knowledge, but they can have an insight, even a very powerful, striking insight or true dream that has a, uh, you know, in a certain area, let's say in a certain limited area. And you do see that, that, that Daniel's scope of interest 
So Daniel in the first half of the book is primarily facilitating the recognition of God within the kingdom of, within the Galut setting that he's found. Right? Well, that's what, that's what the theme is. And in most, in the first and last king, in the, this, the Daryavesh and Nebuchadnezzar, he manages to bring them to a recognition of God. In the case of Nebuchadnezzar, it's from the interpretations of the dreams and from ultimately from the advice that he gives them and the guidance that he gives them. In the case of Daryavesh, it seems that, what, that it was more like a Yosef situation, that it was the character of Daniel, the way that he operated in the kingdom, what he did, how he served, the principles he lived by that inspired Daryavesh to love him and to respect him. It was more similar to the Yosef earlier success of Yosef, right? Because you see that, that, that Daryavish attributes it to the, that Daniel serves the living God, right? So, so it, it appears from the story of, uh, of Daniel in the case of Daryavish that it wasn't some particular interpretations or insights that he gave him that, that shocked him. It was more seeing the character of Daniel as the person that inspired him to see that, that God was with Daniel and to recognize that Kadosh That's what it sounds like from the story. So you see all these different ways. And then finally, of course, you have Daniel interacting with Belshazzar, which doesn't go anywhere in terms of educating Belshazzar, but does result in a Kiddush Hashem because a Chilul Hashem is punished. That, uh, you know, remo- the removal of a Chilul Hashem uh, is, uh, you know, is also a type of Kiddush Hashem. So, <clears throat> so that's really what, what Daniel does in his career. But then the book shifts and the book shifts mainly to the rest of the book is really Daniel's visions that are very, very, very bizarre. Is it? It's, it's really hard. Isn't. It's very hard. It's like, I don't know, unless you can make it make sense. Really sort of really is enough, you know? What? He has Ruach HaKodesh. The, the Rambam says, because it's in Kituvim, it's a, it's a, it's a well, I, I guess the same thing. He's in Kituvim. If we, if we regard him, he has something. Is, from from a or not, why is it I'm curious if he played a role as it seems like his only role was like, within the game. The answer is yes or no. What changes? A, ruach, a person who has Ruach HaKodesh seems like, from what we said yesterday, that a Navi is a person whose whole focus of interest and their whole nature and direction, intellectual and spiritual direction, is of a different magnitude than, than anybody else. It's a different level, a different realm. And a person can have Ruach HaKodesh without being on that level and can, can have insights, even profound insights, even far-reaching insights in a specific area without being on that level, without saying the pers- his persona is a persona of a Navi. It's a totally different kind of a person. So in, it, how much that matters, pro- probably not, a ter- not terribly much. The Nivuot are really hard to understand. They're very uh, enigmatic. I don't know if they're boring. Bizarre, I would say. Bizarre. Not yeah. boring. I mean, yeah, boring because if you don't understand, understand what's going on, right? It's they're they're a little bizarre, a lot bizarre. But, they, they, but I but what sometimes, I, <laughs> sometimes what I think is interesting about the nivuot that are coming up is that it shows a shift in Daniel's focus. He he shifts his focus to wondering about the length of galut for the Jewish people and the future for the Jewish people. Up till now, all we've really seen from Daniel. Is a, is a focus on the kingdoms in which he's been employed. Exactly. Working with Nebuchadnezzar. What did you say? That's exactly the point I was kind of trying Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's only been focusing on the limited, uh, uh, fo- uh, the limited concerns of the kingdoms that he's been employed by. Right. 
and, and working with those kings to come to a knowledge of God, hopefully maybe to an influence, as they both did. Look at what Nebuchadnezzar and Daryavish both issue proclamations to their government saying, I want you to believe in God and recognize God. So it's pretty amazing what he's able to accomplish. But now he's turning his mind to, okay, what is, how long is this Galut existence going to be? The, how long are we going to be going to the Kota? And not going to the real thing. Meaning how long, how long is this? Okay, we, we, we operated within the system. We operate within the system. Right. But how long is this system going to be in place, this Bidiyabad system? And so he's wondering about the long term. So you think this all happened post all these stories? And now he's an older man now? I think so, yeah. I think it could, some of it could have happened at the same time. But but I. It could be. It could be. It could be that it happened along the way. Some of these. Yeah, I think it does give dates for them, some of them. Right? But the point is that his career is two... He has two identities. He has the identity of, Dan, of Daniel who's operating within the Galut system and that framework doing the best he can. And there's a Daniel who's a Jew who wants to see a restoration of the real system. And, and not a kingdom that's ordered towards human glory where he can try to shift the focus to God or shift the focus in some way to a recognition of God uh, uh, you know, to, to some kind of a, uh, you know, some kind of a recognition, minimal recognition of God or away from self-aggrandizement to a certain extent or whatever he tries to do with each one of these kings, but rather a kingdom that is ordered toward, that the whole, the whole system is to bring a person closer to God instead of a system that's really organized against that and he's just trying to find a way within those constraints to get the king to nevertheless, despite, despite the system, recognize God and influence people to reflect on God. How about a system that's actually designed to do that? That's, that's the, it, it's kind of similar, <coughs> totally, totally random. That's kind of similar to the Hilchot Me'ilah that I was showing you yesterday, where the Rambam says that, you arbitrarily call on them the name of God, and now they become holy. Right? As opposed to the Chukim Shechakak HaKadosh Baruch meaning something designed to bring people to Yediyat Hashem is of a superior nature than something that arbitrarily is assigned to... Meaning, Daniel's working with whatever materials he's got trying to bring recognition of Hashem. It's like, uh, he, he's, he's doing a good job, but, he, but the materials limit his ability to, to, to accomplish. Not so in a real Malchut Yisrael. So he's bothered by why hasn't the Geulah come? Why haven't the prophecies been fulfilled? Why haven't we been restored to our independence so I can use these talents that I have in service of a real king? Uh, you know, a, a, a true king that 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 is an Evadajem. So we'll see. All right. So uh, we'll we'll continue with that, and we'll uh, we may have we may have hope of getting to the end. We'll see. It'll be nice. I think we're we're halfway through. Yeah, we're more than halfway through. Six and is it twelve? There are two very easy prakim. The last one I think yeah. is really short, and there's the one of the tefillah that's all that a lot of the psukim are in the tachanun of Monday and Thursday, right? And actually in the tachanun for tomorrow's uh, fasting.